As it relates to the transfer portal, the beginning of the offseason for the local football program was memorable. And on today's episode of the show, we are discussing what the current up-to-date top needs are position-wise after the first wave of portal commitments. So with that being said, let's get right on into the show. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome into another episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started today. As always, I want to personally thank you all for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder that the Locked On Global Podcast is free on all streaming services five days a week, your team, every day. Well, as I mentioned, the beginning of the offseason as it relates to the transfer portal was absolutely wild for the Louisville Cardinals. There was a stretch of about two to two and a half weeks of just nonstop commitment after commitment, and these weren't just some uh, under-the-radar commitments, multiple starting players or starting caliber players were added to the team for next year. But it seems like the first wave of portal commitments has passed, and I want to talk about the current top positions of need for the team. It's different than the top three positions we discussed before the portal movement, so we'll discuss that. I know it's game day. Uh, Louisville will square off with USC tonight. Chances are by the time you tune into the show, the game will have already uh, passed. This is being recorded at about uh, 5 o'clock Eastern time on Wednesday evening. So I don't know the um, I don't know the score to the game, obviously, because it hasn't happened yet. But just wanted to give that out for reference. But I think I'll preface the arguments that I'm going to make here by reminding everyone that everything is so fluid in the offseason with how the portal works, and a position of need today might not be a position of need tomorrow. And a position you felt like was pretty solid numbers-wise might become a position of need because uh, insert player here enters the portal unexpectedly. That's been happening all over the country and to suggest that Louisville might not necessarily be involved in that, who knows? I mean, obviously you hope that roster retention is solid throughout the offseason, but you just never truly know. So my top three positions of need, cornerbacks, that's the only one that carries over pretty much from the last uh, positions of need episode, edge rusher and linebacker. I think the first two are pretty self-explanatory. Linebacker, I'm going to state my claim in the final segment. Um, and I think that there's a reason I'm including linebacker with the third position of need. But for me, number one, it's cornerback. And the asterisk next to this is, well, the availability next season of Quincy Riley and Jarvis Brownlee. I think I read something on the depth chart that was posted pregame that Jarvis Brownlee was not included for the Louisville Cardinals. I'm not sure if that's injury-based or if it is foreshadowing of his future. We've been pretty adamant on the show that, um, you know, 
getting either one of these players back is definitely a much-needed bonus for next year because adding one, at least one of the players can take the group to a new level, raise the ceiling for the defense as a whole. Multiple um, cornerbacks from this season will not be on the team next season. Obviously, you lose Storm Duck to graduation, but you had some players transfer out. Marquise Groves Killebrew, a talented transfer from Texas A&M. Derek Edwards, multiple-year player with this team, has entered the portal. So as of right now, you don't have that many players coming in that aren't true freshmen. Um, obviously, you got two commitments. Central Florida's Corey Thornton, North Carolina's Tay Holloway. Thornton, uh, four-year letterman with the UCF Knights. Very, very solid one-year stopgap player. Potential starter, I think, depending on if either Riley or Brownlee returns. You have a guy like Tay Holloway who started the first two games at North Carolina last season as a redshirt freshman, but uh, you know played in the majority of the games, 10 out of 12, I believe. But who knows if his struggles were a scheme issue, which is not necessarily far-fetched when you suggest that North Carolina scheme doesn't put defensive backs in the best position to succeed. Exhibit A, Cam Kelly. You have Georgia transfer Marcus Washington, four-star 2022 recruit that redshirted at Georgia this past year. Didn't really see much time at Louisville behind a crowded uh, veteran-led group. Aaron Williams, redshirt freshman coming off of that ACL tear, highly ranked four-star cornerback from St. John Bosco. There's been a lot of reviews about him in the offseason or in this season and the offseason that you know, there's still he still is in the plans at the defensive back position moving forward for the Cardinals. You have veteran guy Trey Franklin, who I believe has one year of eligibility left. He's been a solid rotational piece for the past couple of seasons. But you look at the five players there, and it's pretty obvious that even if you know you bring back one of Brownlee or Riley, you probably still need to add another cornerback due to depth reasons. Now, this position of need, if you get one of Riley or Brownlee back, it goes from number one to maybe maybe number three. I don't think it's the top position of need if you get one of these players back. At this point in time, truly, I think both of the individual cases are 50-50. I think it's 50-50 that Riley and Brownlee come back. That's individually. Um, if you get both of them back, then it's obviously not a position of need. It's one of the best cornerback rooms in the ACC. But we're sort of going to treat this as uh, going to the casino, right? Um, you know, at this point in time, you know, you know what you have, you know, at the table with your chips. If you, you know, if you win your hand and get your money back, essentially saying that if Riley and Brownlee come back, you're then playing with house money. And um, it's absolutely not a position of need if you bring those two players back. It sounded like a good thing to compare it to in my mind because I wanted to get that house money um, comparison in there because I feel like that's the truth. Essentially, if you bring Riley and or Brownlee back, everything after that is just icing on to the cake, and then you can just address depth via that way. But you bring Riley and Brownlee back, I think that Thornton would be sort of your Storm Duck level player. Uh, Tay Holloway can be in that mix, and then you're banking on one of Washington Williams and Franklin to rise up into that. But 
bringing Riley and Brownlee back, you have seven players at the position. And that's a pretty solid number, bringing one of those players back, which I would say that's probably, um, you know, how it's going to go, right? Um, And like I mentioned, we keep bringing up this house money term. I think that at this point in time, you're not expecting either of those two players to come back. So getting one of those guys back is playing with house money. It is the icing on top. It's the cherry on top. I am just absolutely terrible with um, metaphors and comparisons, which you wouldn't expect from a communications major. But I digress. I'm not here to teach you all about my bad analogies, but just here to tell you all that cornerback will still be a position of need. They took a solid step in the right direction, adding two very solid power five transfers, Corey Thornton, Tay Holloway. I think that Thornton is more of a starting level guy than Holloway is. I think Holloway having the multiple years left, he's going to potentially grow into that starting role, but I'm not sure that I'm comfortable suggesting that it's going to be next season. But Thornton, one year left, it's going to be like Storm Duck. At the very least, he's going to play a rotational role within this defense. So multiple multiple ways you can look at this. There's not too many glaring needs outside of the first two that we're talking about the first one obviously being cornerbacks this one was pretty obvious for me it was number one heading into the offseason as well if you would have asked me a month ago do I feel good about Riley and Brownlee coming back I would have said no if you asked me today on December 27th I'm saying eh maybe we're at the spot to where it would not surprise me if both came back but it also wouldn't surprise me if both left so It sucks that we're sort of in limbo, but these guys are going to make the right decision for their futures, for their families, for themselves, etc. So until something happens, until we get an announcement that one of these two are coming back or both of them or another commitment is in the fold, cornerback will still be the top position of need for the Cardinals. The other clear position of need is edge rusher. Part of that is because of the need to replace Stephen Heron. The other part is due to the Cardinals losing multiple guys at depth uh, positions as well. So we'll talk about that here momentarily after we talk about our friends over at FanDuel, the title sponsor of the show. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more, plus my favorite single-game parlay. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. Cardinal fans, thanks again for making Locked On Louisville your first listen of the day. Just a reminder that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. The second clear-cut need for the Cardinals in the portal as we sort of get past the first wave of portal commitments is edge rusher. Now, whether you want to specify that as defensive end 
the Leo, which is the, the stand-up outside linebacker, you name it. Regardless, the Cardinals need another edge rusher. Um, for starters, you lose Stephen Heron. Now, there is this um, claim that he still has another year of eligibility if he wants to use it. I'm operating the same way as the cornerback's room, right? If he decides to use it, great. We'd love to have him back. However, I'm operating under the assumption for this hypothetical and for the roster planning of next year to suggest that they are going to have to replace Stephen Heron. And we're just doing that strictly for hypotheticals. So by default, you know, you have Ashton Gelati coming back. That's great. And you could say, well, how big of a need truly is it? Well, like I said, outside of cornerback, they've already done a pretty good job of addressing the current needs. Multiple offensive linemen have committed. A couple of defensive linemen, two very, very good wide receivers, a solid running back, three tight ends, etc. So not too many huge glaring positions of need, and that's great because it's shown that Brom has already started to do amazing things in the portal. I told you I'll let the man cook. And he's doing just that. Five-star gourmet dishes um, all over the kitchen table when Jeff Brom cooks. Um, but outside of Ashton Gelati, you have Mason Riger, who had a pretty solid career year for the Cardinals, the junior from uh, Hoffman Estates, Illinois. I expect him to play a solid game against USC. I think he's going to have a pretty solid 2024 season as well. Whether or not he's the starter – that is a question to be had. If you can go to the portal and get a big-time player like uh, uh, Nick Scourton or another player of that caliber, which not many players like Nick are in the portal, and I understand that he's probably going to go to Texas A&M anyway, I, I get it. And um, if you can add a starting-level player, by all means, you do that, and you find out the fit after that. But let's put that to the side for the moment. You need depth. And right now, the only two guys that have truly played solid snaps over the past couple of seasons are Ashton Gelati and Mason Riger. You lose a bunch of players. Um, obviously, Stephen Heron, hypothetically speaking, we're going to assume that he's going to the NFL. Cam Wilson entered the portal. He was a key rotational piece this season. Popeye Williams, Vic Brown, Raheem Craig. Three guys that hadn't played a ton in their respective Louisville careers on the defensive line. However, they still were solid depth pieces. Now, I know that there's a couple of younger guys that can play both the interior and out wide, like uh, uh, Selah Brown, um, Sadiq Clemens, some other players, but unproven depth. So you can say that, well, the position of need is because you need to go out and you need to get another stud edge rusher and I think that that could be the case but truthfully the most important thing for me is getting the depth piece to the equation right because you lose essentially five guys in that room and there's not many that you can look at right now and say yep he's the guy that's going to step up and replace a Cam Wilson or a Stephen Herod because even if Mason Riger is your starter for next season that's a very good uh you know first team first string team however after that there's just not necessarily any way of knowing and you're banking a lot on inexperience and I know that you still want to put an emphasis on player development and I'm not saying that but if you have the scholarships available which at the moment 
I don't expect them to have a ton readily available on hand. Now, there's probably going to be some players that enter the portal after the bowl game, closer to spring practice. It happens every year, right? There's nobody you can really look at outside of a couple of unproven guys. Granted, they're extremely talented, and they are wild cards for the season. Adonijah Green, four-star uh, that was a freshman this year. He's a guy that I'm looking at saying, okay, he can really make things interesting for this team because of you know, the talent there, because of the size. I look at him playing the Leo role um, versus the defensive end. He can back up Mason Riger. Or Riger can back up Gelati, and Green can be the starter. A couple different options. TJ Capers as well, battled injury throughout his first year, was already injured coming to Louisville, spent this year rehabbing, learning the playbook, getting stronger. It was always kind of a question, what position's he going to play? Because he played a little bit of everywhere in high school, inside linebacker, on the edge, outside linebacker, in coverage, can do it all. Is he more projecting to be an inside linebacker? Are you going to try to add more weight for him to play on the line as a Leo? Or does he project to be more of Ben Perry's successor? A couple questions that we still need some answers to that we probably won't get answers to. I'd say for a couple months. And I'm not necessarily sure that you can wait a couple months to wait to address that need via the portal. So that's something that I'd really like to get some clarity on because you have a couple of players at that position that, truthfully speaking, the verdict is still out. Edge rusher is the second need in the portal, number one, because of depth. At this point in time, you're probably looking to add, I'd say, two guys at the position, one that you're going to expect to produce right away. The second might produce right away, but maybe a multiple-year guy because you're going to have to replace Gelati, likely Mason Riger next year, the first player that you would have brought in, the veteran players. So you don't want to have to go to a situation. I know that, yes, every season it's sort of you, you can turn your roster over because the portal has made things absolutely crazy when it comes to roster retention, but you don't want to put yourself into a situation, if you can help it, that in 2025 you literally have to rebuild your uh, defensive end room, your uh, outside linebacker room that plays up on the line of scrimmage. A couple different options you can go with. So I expect with the remaining scholarships that Louisville has at their disposal that they're going to look to address those needs on the edge um, to really just maximize what the team can do this season. That's truly all it is. I don't think that edge is that large of a need when it comes to the starting level production because you have two um, all ACC caliber guys on either side. But like we saw, another aspect of this is injury. And that's something that I don't want to discredit either because we've seen key injuries all season. MJ Griffin before the year, Jarvis Brownlee midway through the year, Jamari Thrash, Jawar Jordan. Very, very good players at positions of need. However, Jeff Brom and company, what they do last offseason, they went out and they absolutely filled the roster to the brim with solid talent that could come in and play right away and be able to produce reliably when their numbers are called. And they did just that. So I don't think that this is going to be any other 
different situation with this offseason. You're going to see Louisville take advantage of the scholarships they have and do what they can to put the team in the best position to make that 12-team playoff in 2024. It's a totally different ballgame this upcoming season. It's uncharted territory that we're all going to be going through together, and it is a solid opportunity that you look at it, one game left in the season when you beat Miami, you were sitting right inside the top 10. That shows you how close that if there was a 12-team playoff, obviously you still have to handle business, but that shows you how close this team was to getting there. So moving on to the final position of need, this isn't the most glaring position of need, but linebacker is one that I'm looking at. And I'm going to explain to you why here momentarily. Before we do that, I'd be remiss if I didn't thank you all again for making Locked On Louisville your first listen of the day all throughout 2023. Uh, definitely appreciate it. I appreciate um, everyone for being patient with me as I have really had a rough uh, program when it when it relates to scheduling content. So I appreciate you all for being patient with me, and hopefully we have a little bit more normalcy in 2024 with five weekday shows. So. so but without further ado, let's talk about the final position of need. I went back and forth here between offensive line and linebacker, but with four new portal additions to the team uh, in the month of December, I decided to go with linebacker. It's not really because of me thinking that the position isn't good enough. It's pretty much depth at this point is what I'm getting at. Um, you lose Gilbert Frierson, who was pretty solid. Now, um, he played sort of a weak side linebacker um, on the inside, uh, played at the star position at times. Um, I think that Antonio Watts can fill his position pretty solidly. You also lose Jackson Hamilton to transferring out. So you look at the position now, obviously you have your starting level guys, TJ Quinn, Jalen Alderman. I think that, uh, you know, obviously Ben Perry. So there's your, three potential starters. You have Antonio Watts, um, Keith Brown as well. The two wild cards for me, Stanquan Clark. How much is he going to take a step forward in 2024? TJ Capers as well. What's his role going to be like? Is he going to be viewed at, as an edge rusher that gets after the passer? Or is he going to be more so a versatile linebacker that specializes in doing anything and everything on the field? Question to be had. And until we get these questions answered, I'm not going to leave these up to chance. I'm not going to talk about uh, hypotheticals until they happen. I'm taking things for face value at this point. So I think that you can add, you know, I, I think the need at linebacker is pretty much just one guy to the mix. I think you're adding a starting level caliber guy because you're trying to give yourself some uh, insurance, uh, injury insurance. You're just trying to, if you can get better at all, you know, I think that at times the linebacking position for the Cardinals struggled, especially in the second half of the season. So if you can uh, get a player that can come in and contend for starting level snaps, well, you do it and you don't think twice. So that's where my head is at here. Obviously, this will change potentially if TJ Capers is viewed at as an inside linebacker or outside linebacker in coverage. Um, but outside of linebacker let's think about it let's go position by position you could go to quarterback but I'm going to tell you the Cardinals are not going to add at this point in time they're not going to add another starting level guy um 
Running back, I think, is fine. Wide receiver, I think, is fine. Tight end added three players, I think it's fine. Offensive line would be the one that you might be able to convince me of because I still think they I still think that there's a couple opportunities to get better on the offensive line. Defensive line, there's sort of a log jam on the interior. You have Des Till, um, Jared Dawson, potentially Jermaine Lolay returning. Um, and then you brought in Thor Griffith, FCS All American from Harvard, uh, Jordan Gerard. Uh, pretty solid defensive lineman from Florida International. You have some guys at the position at the moment. You have a log jam for snaps at that spot. We talked about cornerback. Safety was a position of need until they added Blake Ruffin. So now you're pretty solid in the two deep. You've got MJ Griffin, Devin Neal to go along with D'Angelo Hutchison and Blake Ruffin, and then potentially Jathan Hatch um, and a couple of other players. But Offensive line would really be the only other spot that I would look at in this argument and say that that could tend with the linebacker spot. I think that you can just never have too much speed and you can never have too many dudes at the linebacker position. And um, losing Frierson definitely hurts. I think he brought a ton of veteran leadership to this group that could definitely help if you bring in another guy of that caliber one year guy or a multiple year guy that, you know, you say, Hey, look, um, Ben Perry could be a player that goes to the NFL after next season. TJ Quinn and Jalen Alderman could do the same. Let's go get a, a younger guy that maybe we can develop. We will see, but losing two guys in Frierson and Hamilton and not bringing in a single player. I understand that only so many players can play in a game at one time, but I still think adding depth is the main reason why they are on this list for me. And it pretty much is the cutoff because it's not a matter of if I think that the position is good enough, because I think it is. I think that TJ Quinn is going to get better. I think that Jalen Alderman is going to get better. Um, Stan Quan Clark, all these guys are going to get better. And, and truthfully, I believe that. But the question at hand is, well, what's going to happen with the depth? And that's what I'm worried about a little bit. So we're going to, Throw linebacker into this conversation because of the depth of because of depth because you lost Gilbert Frierson, lost Jackson Hamilton. So that is going to conclude the content of today's show. Wanted to update you all on scheduling. What is the rest of the month going to look like? And more. There's going to be a couple shows leading up to uh, December 31st, which is a Sunday. Just a heads up, there will be weekend episodes of the show. Um, Coming up this weekend, obviously, I think there will probably be three more episodes. So there will be USC recap. We'll talk about what happened in the Holiday Bowl, etc. And then up to that, uh, leave me some of your suggestions. What uh, I'll leave it up to you all. Put it that way. What topics do you want discussed? Leave some comments in the YouTube section below. I was thinking about discussing my favorite moments of 2023, like the Louisville win over Notre Dame. Um, I was thinking about maybe doing a live episode where uh, we just strictly answer questions. Uh, I'm up for discussing that. I really haven't had anything planned. Uh, Louisville basketball doesn't play until January 3rd, and there's really not much to talk about at the moment there. And unless multiple players enter the portal or the Cardinals get another uh, commitment or a couple commitments at this point, just not really much to talk about in that regard. So um, I'm up for discussion. Um, I'm up for any ideas that you all have. So we will 
see how to fill those final remaining episodes of the month. I can't believe it's literally January 1st on Monday. That is wild to me. I want to thank you all again for tuning in all of 2023. This show has grown considerably. Uh, thanks to everyone for tuning in to the show during football season. This has been the most viewed football season um, of the Locked On Louisville podcast history, which is now over 520 episodes, 525 episodes. So definitely appreciate it. But that's going to wrap up today's show. We'll see you right back here.